not a kidnapping. This was a staged event. Turned into one of the most horrific child abuse cases that I think Bear County has seen probably the last 30 years. The staged kidnapping of an eight-month-old baby angered the entire city. The details of the case shocked many, and three people ended up behind bars. This is South Texas Crime Stories, the disappearance of King J. Davila. January 4th, 2019. Police get a call from a man that his car was stolen from a West Side gas station and his baby was inside. Christopher Davila told them he went inside briefly but left the car running and the door open. Surveillance footage from the gas station shows a woman in a hoodie walk up to the car, get in and drive away. The San Antonio Police Department and multiple other agencies get involved in the case and the search was on for eight-month-old King J. Davila. The following day, we learned that Christopher Davila had been arrested for child endangerment. Baby King J's mother, Jasmine Gonzalez, spoke to KSAT 12, and while there for the interview, Davila called from jail. He was upset about the police investigation. Since day one, they've just been doing the same thing, not getting anywhere, and they're focusing somewhere else, and they just need to focus themselves, focus their, their all their information on where the car was located. Police at the time were starting to realize the details of the kidnapping weren't adding up. SAPD Chief William McManus in a press conference said the following. We believe that the story of the kidnapping was made up, made up to cover up foul play involving Jake, uh, King J. Dabula. It was also revealed that the woman who apparently stole the car at the gas station was Davila's cousin, Angie Torres. Torres was allegedly picked up by Beatrice Sampaio, Christopher Davila's mother, and the two disposed of the baby's car seat. At no time that night the car was stolen was the baby ever inside. Six days after King Jay disappeared, police revealed they had arrested Christopher Davila, Beatrice Sampaio, and Angie Torres. But then the tragic news nobody wanted to hear. They had found baby King Jay's body. We found what we believe to be the remains of King James Davila. Uh, we recovered his body last night. His father, Christopher Davila, led us to him after we arrested him for tampering with evidence. Christopher has said that King Jay's death was an accident, and he panicked and did not call 911. Based on that information, we charged Christopher Davila with injury to a child by omission. King Jay was found under a bridge off Castle Lance Drive on the city's west side. He had been wrapped in a blanket and put inside a backpack that was buried. Davila told police while he was watching him, he put the baby in a car seat unstrapped on top of the bed. While he was playing video games, he sat on the bed, which caused the car seat to become unbalanced. King Jay fell out and possibly hit his face on the dresser. He said the baby had swelling around his eye and later died. The medical examiner later revealed the cause of death was blunt force trauma. Davila has since taken a plea deal in the case and was sentenced 40 years. Andrew Torres also took a plea deal on tampering with evidence and was sentenced eight years. As for Beatrice Sampaio, she is still awaiting trial.
Hello, KSAT viewers. I'm Stefania Jimenez, anchor and reporter at KSAT 12 in San Antonio. On weeknights, you'll catch me on the Night Beat. Many of you want the news before 10 p.m., and this is for you. It's called The Nine at Night, a live nine-minute digital newscast airing at, you guessed it, 9 p.m. Call it a bite-sized show that's tailor-made for you. You'll get the day's top stories, weather, upcoming community events, and feel-good stories. Find us on YouTube, KSAT.com, and KSAT Plus, available on Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, Roku, or any way you stream. And, of course, via podcast. So like or subscribe wherever you get your audio. That way you'll get the alert when each episode drops. That starts later this month. Until then... Head on over to KSAT.com and sign up to be a KSAT Insider. That's where you'll get the inside scoops on all of our new and exciting projects. Sully, when this happened, this was quite the ordeal here in San Antonio because everybody at first was like a baby's been kidnapped the city was on alert trying to find where this baby was if there's one thing you can say about San Antonio is they care about kids everyone here cares deeply about children when it comes to kids any news about kids that's always what we we see people flock to and especially with this is a baby was gone what what can we do how can we help how can we be on the lookout for this baby but it wasn't what it appeared to be. So for this episode, we brought in our KSAT Investigates reporter, Dylan Collier. Dylan followed this case closely and was able to get his hands on documents before other media did. Dylan, tell us a little bit first about this case and how you got involved. So th- this was a kidnapping turned SAPD informing the public that they thought something terrible had happened to this child. And that's really when I got involved, when it became more than just a a search for a child and really an investigation of this family. That's when I sort of dug in and started doing work. And uh, I mean, the scrutiny of this case was incredible. If you remember, um, every time they would search a house related to the family, the neighbors would tip off the media and we were actually there for these searches uh, as SAPD lined the street with vehicles and carried out these search warrants. Uh, and then after the arrests were made in the case, the, the two women, the two family members, uh, Beatrice Sampaio and Angie Torres, uh, were both assaulted within days of being taken into custody by other people at the Bear County Jail. Uh, Sampaio was spit on by another inmate. Torres got beaten up. They had a, a mugshot where you could tell that she'd been beaten up by other inmates. So this was really a case where the public turned against his family and was disgusted by what had played out. It's one of the saddest things that I think a lot of us have covered in our time here and turned into one of the most horrific child abuse cases that I think Bear County has seen probably the last 30 years. For you as a person who is used to digging deeper into stories, what was the most illuminating part of what you were able to uncover before police were able to say this is definitively what happened? Getting the arrest warrant for Davila, which explained how the baby had gotten hurt, uh, the steps he had taken to conceal the injuries, and the fact that uh, you know he carried himself as the baby's father. So uh, he, he acted like the baby's father. It, to be able to take an eight-month-old, wrap him in a blanket, put him inside of a backpack, and then to bury him in a field, it was just uh, 
almost unbelievable to read that on the pages that he would admit to such a thing. For you as a father to hear that, it must be hard to report on something like that. And to see the whole public image of this family start to, to shift, that's not something we normally see. No. And again, it was odd to see how angry the public acted towards this family before any of them had ever been criminally charged. And I think, um, you know, it's tough not to get angry as someone in the media. We're supposed to be unbiased. We're supposed to sort of stay out of it emotions wise. But uh, when you start realizing that something terrible happened to this kid and this family has gone out of their way to try and hide that, it's tough not to get upset about it. But, you know, you just kind of use it as motivation to try and learn as much as you can about the case. Were you surprised when he took a plea deal last year? I was because his attorneys had rejected the initial one. And I think that was for 50 years. And he ended up taking a plea deal to 40 years. So if you're going to reject the plea deal for 50 years, why turn around and then be okay with one that, you know, at the end of the day, if he's going to serve about half that time, it's a real similar amount of time that he'll stay in prison. So I thought that was sort of a real weird move to reject the first one set yourself up potentially to go to trial and spend a, a, you know, the rest of your life in jail and then come back and sign one for 40 years, almost like they gave up in a way. And Torres took a plea deal as well, but Sampaio, his mother, as of right now, she's still scheduled to go to trial. Not to cast too many aspersions on her. She's in enough trouble as it is. But if you recall, she carried herself as being terminally ill with cancer. So here we are now three and a half years later, and I guess you know she has a different definition of terminal cancer than what I would because, you know, we, we are years and years removed from her arrest and she is still uh, healthy enough to go to trial at this point. Overall, you've covered a lot of cases here in San Antonio and a lot of stories. Where does this case fall for you? I think it's sadly the latest in a long line of horrific child abuse cases in San Antonio. Uh, this one may have been an accident. Uh, I've not sure Chris Davila meant to hurt his child, but he certainly didn't care enough about the child to get medical attention and to do the right thing. Um, and I think that that sadly is a trend that we see a lot in Bear County. I don't know why that seems to be how things are here, but uh, I think this is the latest in a long line of instances like that. Thanks so much, Dylan, for joining us this week for a closer look at this episode and a look at the past stories on this case and photos of Baby King Jay. Just head to our website, ksat.com. Next week on South Texas Crime Stories, we end season three with a case dealing with a San Antonio serial killer. We will hear from the investigators that were on this case as they tell us how they were able to capture Johnny Avalos. Oh, 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 oh,